Well, you're listening to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Well, we all know that training is a keystone to police agencies. Evidence-based and effective training is necessary for new officers before assuming duty, and continuous professional training is necessary for critical skills and thinking to keep fresh and perishable skills needed for the job. Some important statistics to consider, 94% of agencies said they would provide more annual training if they had more resources and time. 90% said that training is essential for building better community relationships. And 55% of public say they are not confident that police have adequate de-escalation training. While especially important are skills in decision-making, critical thinking, Decisions regarding use of force and in dealing with those in crisis. Face-to-face real-time training is not always efficient and available to agencies, both large and small. Agencies are faced with pulling personnel from field duty, assembling training locations, trainers, and other logistics. How can an agency train personnel over a variety of shifts, hours, and with physical hosting accommodations in mind? Well, today we're going to get the answers to some of that when we hear about the cutting-edge technology to bring virtual training that is relevant, realistic, and efficient. So it's not the MTV Dire Straits virtual uh, reality anymore. Uh, We've come a long way. And with us today, Luke Larson is the president of Axon, the company known as the makers of the electric charge device that we all call the Taser. And as president of Axon, Luke Larson oversees all aspects of the company, and he's responsible for leading day-to-day operations from the Axon headquarters in Scottsdale, Arizona. Luke joined Axon in 2008 and has filled a variety of executive and management roles before being appointed president in April 2015. Prior to joining Axon, Luke served two tours in Iraq as a Marine Corps infantry officer and was awarded the Bronze Star with V for Valor on his first tour. Luke Larson, first of all, thank you for your service and thanks what you're doing today for police officers and training in virtual reality. Welcome. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for uh, having me on today. And and uh, I was reading your background as well, 32 year veteran of San Francisco Police Department where you retired as the deputy chief. Uh, you know, Thank you for your service in law enforcement. Thanks. I appreciate that. Well, we've seen the rollout of virtual reality over the past decade from early robotic and poor graphic laden clunky versions. But today's virtual reality is pretty close to reality. I've, I've seen the Axon um, formatted uh, graphics and the virtual reality. Um, what's Axon come up with to make training in VR as close to reality as possible? Great question, Jim. You know, this technology has come a long way since the early days. You know, these headsets coupled with edge computing are quickly approaching the capabilities of, you know, some of the most sophisticated technology we've seen. We have seen these devices get lighter, faster, the ergonomics are improving. And, you know, we've been monitoring virtual reality for years, but we really wanted to make sure that the scenarios were going to be good, like good enough to provide real value in training. And I think we've, we're at an inflection point where that's happening and we are super excited about it. So when you put on uh, our VR headset, we've partnered with the industry leading partner, HTC Vive, 
and they just released a new a new headset. And one of the key key benefits of their headset, Jim, is hand motion tracking. And this is really important when you think about you know we've got we actually have two different um, offerings. We've got our community engagement scenarios. These are like a 360 degree video. And then with the virtual reality simulator, you can actually move dynamically in the virtual world. And what I was talking about with the hand motion tracking is really, really key because now we can integrate with sensors like our taser energy weapon, as well as a clock, and they can go through muscle memory and mental model drills in this, in this training scenario. And, and we know from numerous studies, this leads to better outcomes. Um, and there's a couple other, you know, key benefits that we're really, really excited about. One is it's wireless anywhere, anytime. And this is really important, Jim, when we, um, what we've heard from agencies around the country is their biggest constraints to training are budget and time. And, and we were talking before the show started about, you know, my excitement for virtual reality is this emerging technology now democratizes training. And so it allows, you know, we were very intentional to make something that could be portable and affordable so we could get the most officers through this critical training. So that, you know, wireless anywhere, anytime, portability. And then the last one is we have, um, you know, we've got a world-class cadre of subject matter experts and trainers that are advising us on, on developing, you know, these world, world-class scenarios. Yeah, so that was, I mean, you're, you're leading uh, into my next question, and that is, how did you prioritize what you chose to develop, and, and who did you tap? Who were your stakeholders? But I mean, you, you've told some of that, but I, I'm really intrigued by the community engagement aspect, and that's not something that we usually hear from uh, law enforcement uh, trainers. Um, it's usually the shoot-don't-shoot shoot scenarios, the big screen where you, you get the pneumatic weapons and you're you're confronted with these scenarios how how does the the axon uh, version of community engagement work jim great question um you know today the majority of trainings as you mentioned are hands-on use of force which is absolutely critical you know i was a, a marine corps infantry officer i value the you know that kind of training immensely and it's really important when you're in intense situations but the reality is those incidents account for less than 1% of police interactions. And the majority of their, uh, you know, citizen engagements are on things like mental health, domestic violence, post-traumatic stress, you know, dealing with people with dementia and Alzheimer's. And so we, we saw this as an opportunity to say, how can we create, you know, a, a really phenomenal experience that will remove those bottlenecks and allow agencies to have great, you know, great training. So yes, about how we develop the content, you know, we, we work with a peer network of over 10,000 trainers. We just had our um, TASER training advisory board uh, here in the last two weeks, and we brought in 50 different trainers as well as police chiefs and police executives to advise us. Uh, we'll have over 200 subject matter experts to develop the best immersive training content and, and the third part of your question, Jim, you asked about the community engagement piece. And what's really cool is when you go into these community engagement scenarios that we've created, it is a very immersive experience. I mean, the, the lights are flashing, the sirens are blaring, you know, you can hear people yelling and screaming. And, you know, when I go through it, it's, it's so realistic that my heart rate, you know, gets up a little and, and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, 
overwhelmed with the perception and the emotion of, of, of going through these experiences. And you talked about, you know, the aspect of community engagement, which really cool, Jim, is the officer can, can not only view the scenario from their point of view, we have several scenarios where they view it from the citizen's point of view. And so they're seeing these, like, you know, when people are having these really intense crisis situations with some of the things that we talked about, you know, mental health, suicidal ideation, et cetera, the officer can view that from the citizen's perspective, and that creates tremendous empathy. So when they go out and they actually see this in the real world, you know, they, they, they have a little bit of, of context and, and, and compassion for, you know, the people that they're, they're interacting with. Wow, you know, I mean, you're you're stealing my my lines here. You you're talking about empathy, and I, that was one thing I was really interested. I saw the demo of the the Axon experience in virtual reality, and I was going to ask, can uh, virtual reality help the user experience uh, empathy for those in crisis? And and I know you have that one scene uh, on the edge of a rooftop, and you have two officers, and you they approach an individual who is uh, obviously threatening suicide and there's an edge of a building. So you have all of these uh, things coming at you and decisions to make. Do you just talk? Do you try to move? Do you try to grab, pull them, reason? And uh, so you are giving uh, the, the empathy perspective that we don't usually see in these sorts of trainings. Yeah, another, another great question, Jim. You know, we, one of the things that we, we try to do is follow not only emerging technologies, but, you know, key studies that are coming out of academia. And in uh, 2018, Stanford did a study and it showed virtual reality can help make people more compassionate compared to other training. And Stanford researchers had had an experience where they found that people who underwent a virtual reality experience called becoming homeless were more empathetic towards the homeless uh, after they had gone through gone through the training, and uh, you know this immersive technology is just uh, I think unparalleled in terms of being able to affect people's level of empathy, where they can go through scenarios like you talked about being homeless, having a mental health crisis, and um, you know as, as we also talked about, this is this is where a lot of police interactions are occurring, and when we do have you know, some of these bad outcomes, uh, we know that, you know, the more training and good training that we can provide, you know, our ultimate hope and the, and the studies back this up is that is that we're going to have better outcomes. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think you're, you're right on in choosing those situations that officers tend to experience most rather than those really rare uh, critical incidents that are clearly important to address. But um I think more of this gives uh, the opportunity maybe monthly to roll out something specific that officers deal with um, a lot of times where they do have force options to consider or maybe uh, maybe the new lesson or module is to teach um, critical communication. Absolutely. And, um, you know, one of the one of the other things that we're really proud about, Jim, is we've partnered with you know, these world-class subject matter experts. For example, we just did a, announced a partnership uh, with the National Tactical Officers Association. And they have a really cool kind of branch called Miracle, which is Mental Illness Response Alternative Center in law enforcement. 
And, um, you know, the approach that we try to take is we want the community engagement scenarios to be teachable moments where people can go through and, and, and experience this. And then with our VR simulator, the, the um, offering I was talking about earlier, you can actually go in and move through uh, dynamic situations with hand motion and sensor tracking. And so with our VR simulator, we have a firing range with basic, intermediate and advanced experiences. And this is really important for, you know, that, uh, you know, shoot, don't shoot scenarios, weapons, confusion issues. It's, it's really about repetitions. And, and, and you, you know, you talk with uh, any, any good trainer I've ever, you know, worked with, and I've talked with, you know, thousands across the military and law enforcement, uh, you know, they're, they're, they all kind of come back to this, this concept of muscle memory. You know, you have to, um, you have to get the reps in uh, so that when you're under stress, it just becomes second nature. And so we're, we're, this is a way where, you know, look, shooting a lot of ammunition when, when I was in the military, that was a, one of the big things like, Hey, we, we gotta, we gotta watch how much ammunition we shoot. Cause this is expensive. Right. But, and, and that, that affects training. So what's really cool, Jim is with virtual reality, you can, you can go in and do a thousand, you know, taser shootings, or you can do a thousand shots with your Glock in a, in a firing range. And you're still developing that muscle memory, but at a lot lower cost. And, and I just think it's such an awesome example of how technology can help, you know, amplify the, the good things that we need in training uh, for what we've talked about, you know, to achieve these better outcomes. <clears throat> That's all good stuff. And I'd like to get more into the field use in a moment. I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. PoliceOne.com is the number one resource for your up-to-the-minute law enforcement news, training, and incident analysis. Our mission is to provide you with the information you need to better protect your communities and your safety. Becoming a Police One member is quick, easy, and free. Once registered, you will receive access to secure law enforcement-only training and video tips, articles and sections, and a subscription to our award-winning law enforcement newsletters. Go to policeone.com forward slash registration to sign up today. That's policeone, the number one, dot com forward slash registration. And we are back with Luke Larson, president of Axon, and we're talking about virtual reality-based training for law enforcement. Now, uh, Luke, you're telling us about some really good stuff about uh, dealing with far more than just the the critical incidents or shoot, don't shoot scenarios that, that we've had in the past um, seen in rollouts of virtual reality. Uh, you're talking about situations that officers are likely to come into contact with people in crisis, uh, maybe suicidal. Um, so those are great in philosophy and in concept. Have you beta tested this? Have you run this out at law enforcement agencies in the field? Great, great question, Jim. So today we actually have over, uh, we, with our community engagement scenario, we launched those back in 2018. And so we have over a thousand police agencies in the US and Canada using our community engagement training platform. And, and what we're hearing back from the agencies is the, these are phenomenal benefits. And, and what they're telling us is these trainings help them be better prepared to engage with the community they help de-escalate situations. You can go through these, you know, different scenarios, and that's one where 
you know, you hear a lot about that in the media today. You talk with law enforcement, they say, yeah, we've been doing this for 20 years. And so this, this helps to, you know, you know, helps with that dynamic. And then finally, you know, this idea of, um, you know, supporting individuals in crisis, you know, I think it's just unparalleled in terms of, of providing that empathy. So like I said, we've got over a thousand police agencies using it. Uh, some, some big names, um, you know, Phoenix Police Department in Arizona, Newcastle, uh, New Jersey, uh, Chicago Police Department, one of the biggest police uh, departments in, in um, you know, the country is piloting it. But, but we, we didn't want to just develop this for the big agencies. We wanted to make something that we could, uh, you know, like I said, be portable and affordable for the small agencies as well. And, you know, Jim, you look like a pretty talented guy. If I gave you a thousand bucks and said, go make a movie, you know, I'm sure it'd be funny and, and, and it'd probably be, it'd, it'd probably be okay. But if I went to Steven Spielberg and I gave him a unlimited budget, he creates Jurassic Park, right? And then everybody gets to watch Jurassic Park for, I don't know, five, six bucks back in the day. This is amazing, you know, amazing. And we have the same uh, exact concept in how we're thinking about creating, you know, virtual reality. We have the resources. We're going to create amazing high fidelity training scenarios that are really world class, working with the best experts in the world. And then every agency can access this. And, um, you know, we, we talked about how can how can we make this affordable uh, today? The uh, you know package that we offer is twelve dollars and fifty cents per user per month. So it's, it's, you know, $150 a year and you get unlimited access to our training platform for both community engagement as well as the uh, new VR simulator. And so we're, we're really proud of it. And, and, and I think, you know, we, we're, we're going to see even more agencies adopt it. Well, that's good to hear, considering that, you know, half of the law enforcement agencies across the country are less than 50 people. So uh, I know in, in smaller venues, those, those agency training budgets are extremely tight, but I see a benefit here in, in whether or not the agency could afford it, uh, maybe officers on their own um, uh, buying a subscription. Let me ask you this, what's the recommended frequency to train with the system? Is it topic centered? Um, do you say, okay, this month we're doing uh, mental health or are all platforms available in the same month? Yeah, so great, great question, Jim. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I was, uh, I was uh, uh, in the military and, you know, in the military, you train 90% of the time for a 10% deployment. I mean, the bulk of your uh, operations are training uh, for a limited kind of real-time deployment. Police is the opposite. You know, we, we talk with <laughs> police officers like we're, we're on a 365-day deployment. I mean, every day is game day. And so, um, you know, we think that, and this is, this is we, we don't have a, a formal recommendation today, but you know, my personal opinion as a, a you know a former military guy would be: I think you got to be doing some kind of training at least multiple times a week, if not every day. And so, uh, what we really like is this virtual reality training scenario. Is you know, it's portable. It's easy to go into. The classes are not long. It's not like you're going in this thing for three hours. You can get knock out a 15 minute you know training and walk away with with a great kind of learning and coaching. And so today, Jim, we've got 
10 community engagement scenario training mod modules, schizophrenia, autism, suicidal ideation, uh, hard of hearing, Alzheimer's, dement dementia, peer intervention was, was a really big one that, that agencies were asking for that we released, uh, post-traumatic stress injury and domestic violence. And so um, this is just the beginning. We have a pipeline of over uh, you know, 100 training scenarios that we're developing. And for officers that are listening, think of this like the Netflix model. You, once you're on the program, you have access to the whole catalog. We're going to keep pushing out scenarios. And um, again, we're just, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, well, I guess like anything, uh, repetition is the key and, and getting your hands on and into this. Um, you know, if I had unlimited access to a, a golf training venue, my golf game might get better. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any plans? So we talk about small agencies and affordability. Are there any plans for specific grants from Department of Justice or other federal agencies? Um, how can an agency get this without like shooting their whole, pardon the pun, but shooting their whole training budget? You know, I, I'm, I'm sure every, you know, law enforcement officer in the country is, you know, hyper aware of, of this kind of, you know, some media narrative around defund the police and these items. And, and what we see is, you know, when, when, agencies are working with their public safety chair and the city council, you know, articulating why this should be a funded priority. I mean, I don't know of anyone on the planet that would say, hey, we should, we should not make this a funded priority because it's going to lead to better outcomes. And so I think the, you know, I think the value creation is there and, and, and we'll be able to get multiple stakeholders to recognize that. But, but I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to um, diminish that, that agencies do have, you know, really tough budget constraints. That's why we try to make this, you know, an affordable entry point for agencies to get access to the catalog. Uh, we are, uh, you know, looking at federal grants and, um, you know, uh, in discussions with different advisors that, that are, uh, you know, working with the DOJ. And I would, I would expect, you know, when, when uh, body cameras were, were a new technology, we did see you know, earmarked funds at the DOJ level that then, you know, went down to municipalities. And, um, you know, it's something I, I, I think it would be a great idea. You know, I think this is something where we can get bipartisan support at the highest levels. So, um, Jim, you might not, you, you might pick this up about me. I'm an internal optimist. I mean, we, we got to find a way to, you know, progress. And so I think, I think just getting out and telling people about the benefits is, is the best way to do that. Yeah, no, I think you're you're right on point there. And I think, you know, to give the experience to elected officials and police advisory boards, the media, critics, um, you know, that they're a great audience to teach some empathy about, you know, the experience that a law officer uh, experiences on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to wrap up and I want to thank you again for, for taking the time and sharing uh, this valuable training and these resources that are, this is brand new, right? I mean, you've, you've done the trials for the past two years and now it's out there. And um, thanks again for your military service. And uh, how, can, how can our listeners find out more? Where can they go to, to get a look at the training? 
Jim, uh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, if, if anyone's listening in and want to learn more, go to our website, axon.com. We've got a phenomenal overview of the virtual reality capabilities there. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I would love to hear from, you know, individual law enforcement officers. You can shoot me an email, Luke, L-U-K-E, at axon.com. I'll personally, you know, get you in touch with the right people. So thanks again. And to our listeners, thanks for listening in. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Luke Larson and Axon and virtual reality training. Uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you're doing at your agency. Do you want it? Will your agency provide it? Have you experienced it? Drop us a line at policingmatters at policeone.com, policeone.com. And uh, we'll give a listen to your comments and maybe mention them in a mailbag segment. And if you have ideas on who you'd like to hear from next, let us know. Drop us a line to me or the team at Policing Matters. All right. Thanks again and stay safe, everyone, and talk to you soon.